This episode of Ready, Set, Pwn is brought to you by Circle K, who currently has exclusive Vancouver Titans Froster Cups available at participating Circle K and Max convenience stores here in Western Canada. With six different cups available, maybe you'll grab a bumper, or maybe you'll grab a slime. Maybe you'll grab the entire set of six. Whatever you do, though, don't wait too long. These exclusive collector cups are only available while supplies last. Oh, and uh, one last thing. Once you've picked up a cup or you've picked up all six, shoot us a picture of it on Twitter by tagging us at ReadySetPone. Hey, and while you're at it, tag Circle K2 at Circle K West Can just to let them know RSP sent you. Five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice that whispers the sweet words, traditional sports, each and every episode, joined virtually by Omni and at another Sam Chan. Well, I guess Sam and Omni at Omni Strife. See, I'm, I'm losing my game. The season's getting to the end and, and, and you know, my A game is starting to wear down. We need a new meta. Besides, I think I have a new name now. It's Omnistradamus. So yes, that's true. You went what three for four on the oh, yeah. first round? I think more. It was first of all, I called the Salmon Suhak Saltizi lineup. Okay, that so one. That's, then that's fair. Titans beating Soul four two. I call that one too. NYXL over London. I call that one too. Atlanta over Shock. Yeah, I'm. Uh... Oh, you almost got think... persuaded on that last one though. I don't remember like that last one. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a perfect, <laughs> perfect game's a perfect game. Yeah. Do you Fair do you enough. want to raise? Is that what you want? Uh, yeah. Talk to I his agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get your people to you know call my people. We'll sort it out. Sure, sure thing. But yeah, what have you guys been up to last week? It's been a while. I saw, I got to see Sam. If you did not know this, Sam and I were at the same event together. Nice. Yeah, I saw that Photoshop of you in the same photo. We we, we shared a fry together. Yeah. <laughs> Had to split the points on that one. <laughs> okay, so speaking of points, I had the half order of nachos. I can't imagine what the full order of nachos looks Dude, like. Dude, that, that was massive. Like, if we both ate his nachos, we would not have finished his nachos. It could have been like a full team nacho. And, and it was the half bar? order. Yeah, wow. it was a half order of nachos. And it was, like, I commented. I'm like, oh, I guess she didn't hear me say half order. And then the bill comes that says half order of nachos. Wow. Yeah, like, I think we were worried that it was like a full order. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a miscommunication there. Well, I, but that's the thing, like she, she rang it incorrect, like didn't say anything. So if, if you're looking for nachos and you're at the sports bar, the full order is probably bigger than you think. Mm-hmm. Pro tips about it. Yep. That's, that's what people come to the podcast for, <laughs> you know, that in Minecraft. I thought <sighs> it was for the sports ball talk. And waiting, for, wait, waiting for that fad to fade. Do you think, you think the fad will fade? No, it's been 10 Not years. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> It is going hardcore right now. Man. We're building a bloody subway. Like the the sandwich restaurant or? Uh, well, that might be the next uh, engineering project, but no, like the SkyTrain that's underground. You know what I wonder? How come there's never any subways in subways? 
What what did you mean? Like, like the, there's there's no subway oh, okay. restaurants inside subway stations. There is a Jugo juice, but I haven't seen a subway. <laughs> Not even well, if you guys see a subway in a subway, let us know. Well if you go to Waterfront Station, like up top, there's a subway there. That's the subway yeah, I tried to get closed. I, I, I forgot what it's called, but there's a subreddit that has a map of uh, the subways in your city mapped out like a subway, like uh, <laughs> tracks and all that station. It's pretty cool. Subway subreddit? <laughs> or the subway no, it's, subway? It's not a subway. It's, I think it's a su- subway maps. So they map up, map out, you know, the, your stores of su- like subway stores as a subway map. It's really confusing. I don't know what's the point, but it's pretty nice. Got to get your meatballs in. <laughs> See, this is this is why people tune in week after week. It's it's for the hot takes like we're providing right now. That's why mm-hmm. I come here every week. Mm-hmm. And, but, and and for those of you that think we script this, no, we don't. No. We have no <laughs> script whatsoever. No, I find it very believable. <laughs> if you did not come for the subway, subway, subway map, uh, we do have Titans talk. We've got two Titans wins. We've got a new player in the lineup. We've got an award winner. We've got a new hire on the organizational side. We've got watch parties. And then we talk about the rest of the league. There's wins, there's losses, there's awards, there's moves. So let's, uh, without further ado, go straight to the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Kicking off this payload, we're going to let the cat out of the bag. The Vancouver Titans beat the Seoul Dynasty 4-2. Now, you might hear that 4-2, and you might think, oh, the Titans had this one in the bag. Uh, It was a little worrisome, to say the least. Sam, you were at the the watch party with me, and you seemed to be sweating it a little. (laughs) It was... Partly due to the hot sauce, but partly due to our play, too. And, and, you know, to their credit, Souls play as well. The... So first, you know, if you happened to not watch, like first and foremost, I don't know why, but you're tuning into the right place to learn more about it. Uh, when the opening lineup was announced, Tizzy got swapped in for Bumper. So no surprise that finally let that proverbial cat out of the bag. So, you know, in the sense of what I'm accustomed to, that's crazy sauce. You know, I think the, the analogy that was used in, in uh, Titans Chord was like uh, Corey Schneider starting for Roberto Luongo. That's never playoffs. happened before. <laughs> but it was definitely a different experience to see Tizzy come out for, for Bumper. Yeah. And ultimately, though, I mean, in that first map uh, where we see the Tizzy come in uh, on Li Zhang, yeah, the Titans look to be the more dominant side, but you could tell that, you know, that hive mind mentality maybe wasn't as fine-tuned. Um, when I when I look at Li Zhang, again, I, I thought that the, the Titans did quite well. We saw uh, Soman Su come out on, uh, on Reaper, mm. uh, which he seems to be getting better and better, although he still telegraphs his teleports. Um, but... We then saw Seoul do the unthinkable. They chose Numbani. Like, what team in the right mind chooses Numbani? A, a map the Titans have yet to lose since, like, their contenders' days as Runaway. Yeah. At the time, it was our undefeated Numbani map. Hmm. And, you know, the Titans started on defense first, and they had a solid 
hold going. It almost at one point looked like it was going to be a full hold. Yeah, the the Baptiste Sim, uh, Baptiste Bastion Sim bunker comp. That's pretty interesting. Like well, to to be fair, it's our first game uh, in this meta, and uh, and like you said, a lot of ga- games were much closer than the score might have uh, shown at you know at face value. Just just in the losers bracket, we saw some like uh, ro- roles, teams beating other teams convincingly. But other than that, in in the first round of the playoffs and the second, most games were tight. But Okay, so most games are tight, but I still don't get Soul picking Numbani, outside of the fact that the map must still be broken, because the Dynasty beat the <laughs> Titans 3-1. And it really didn't feel that close. Yeah. It, well, I, it was close when the Titans were trying to do the full hold, and as soon as they couldn't get the full hold, it was like, oh, well, that deck of cards just fell down, so let's, you know, give up and roll over. Yeah, there was there was a good, like, a combination of a Diva Bomb there, and it fits, kind of popped off. And when you, like, switch off of, of those weird, quirky um, compositions to the meta, the meta one, right, you are already behind on poor alt economy, so that's kind of why they had a better better time bank. Yeah. yeah. So I mean the elephant in the bag is sorry to cut you off is that the the bastion bunker, right? What are your guys thoughts on that? Cuz I I didn't like it to begin with and I hated it on offense. Okay. On defense, I actually thought it made sense. But yeah, on offense when they rolled it back out, like I I didn't when I'm playing QP and I see someone pick a bastion on an assault map or an assault style like the hybrid it drives me nuts because the amount of time that that bastion needs to take to get set up, whether or not you have a bunker comp, what have you, it in my mind gives the advantage to the defensive team. And if you don't get those early picks, which the Titans did not, you know, game over. Now in QP, it is literally game over. And yet the <laughs> Titans played it as it was QP when it didn't work immediately instead of going, okay, guys, let's switch. They decided to give it a second try. <laughs> That's that the weird. part that makes no sense to me. Well, we, we we didn't just see the Titans play it, I guess, during scrims or during uh, practices. I, what I'm trying to get to, it's not definitely not the last time we we will see this uh, Bastion composition, especially yep. uh, looking forward at our next game. I don't want to start that conversation early, but we saw that played a lot by NYXL too. And it yeah. kind of makes sense. Like, of course, Bastion is really slow. T- it takes time to set up. But the combination with Farah I actually like. And that's what we kind of did on attack. We we moved the payload a bit, just not enough. <laughs> and, and the weird part was for, for, sorry, just to stick on this. For Soul, it it seemed like they had our view, like as, as a as a consumer, as a fan, like they went for whatever reason, they went straight to the Sombra at the very beginning, even, even on defense. And I think the, the one shot of the bunker comp was the element of surprise, but for whatever reason, they just completely started with the Sombra, did a whole loop around, saw the entire comp, went back and they changed the lineup. It was, it was very strange in that sense. Um, and I, I just, and, and, and to be fair to the Titans, I don't think they're the only team that did the Bastion comp this weekend. I don't think and I think it's going to come back in, in spaces. I right. think the mistake was sticking with it on offense when it failed in, you know, to begin with. Um, uh, but I just, I don't, I don't like bunker comps, man. Just, just these a bad taste in my mouth. Well, the bunker comp did not work. And although the Titans did finally 
get the uh, the escort portion going in OT and an OT that they had to flex to make happen. That's when we got to see the SMS telegraph. Like he went to Q in the middle of a Soul Dynasty team that knew exactly what he was trying to do and dropped him mm. in an instant. Like it was brutal. So the Vancouver Titans finally lose Numbani. Again, the map must be broken. There's the only explanation to the fact that Titans didn't win. So what map would the Vancouver Titans choose next? Mm. Horizon Lunar <laughs> Colony. Mm-hmm. This uh, reverse psychology probably pick, like kind of how Sol picked Numbani. <laughs> Maybe we were kind of confident that we could take this map. But oh. it was it was probably the ugliest one in this map match at all. Like well, the, the, um, the, the kill stairs were like, at, <laughs> oh, they were the kill stairs when we got smashed by the Doomfist for sure. But Sam and Suya were already talking about he telegraphing him telegraphing his alts. This was the worst example. They're they're just becoming worse and worse. Uh, Fortunately, I don't know what the coaches told him, or maybe the team kind of uh, regrouped around him. It, it stopped after this, but man, this was this was not pretty to look at. We had another Bastion comp this time with the May. It lasted for a while, but you know, with coalescence, shields don't really matter that much. So they mm-hmm. got a few picks, and it was a quick two one for Soul. And yeah. I was nervous at this time. I. I, I wasn't there with you guys, but mentally I was I was reaching for for group hugs and consolidations because I was I was shook by that. Were you on the train at that time? Uh yes, I was. Yeah, you just probably could have gotten the strangers hug. on the yeah. train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, at that time in Canaline, you're you're basically hugging people not by choice, but that's you know, true due to the <laughs> crowdedness of that. Yeah, you don't understand how many times I've made it to second base with someone I don't even know. <laughs> It's nuts on the end of the line during, uh, like when it snows, you know, that's, oh, that's wow. when you're like, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> usually you pay extra for that. Um, <laughs> so I, I will agree. I was, I was concerned. Like it, it didn't occur to me, at least at that moment, that the Vancouver Titans were in a good spot. They were struggling. Like Tizzy was doing well, but like, again, the hive mind seemed to have been somewhat broken. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't, again, maybe it was something the coaching staff said or or maybe it was just you know Haxall decided ah screw this because when we go and mm. see the Vancouver Titans roll out on Watchpoint Gibraltar at this point it was like a complete pivot with the mentality of this Titans side um like first of all Haxall decided that uh, he was going to you know carry the team Ugh. he wasn't the only one and someone Sue uh, showed up to do right. the the same but uh, it was just a, a complete complete reversal and uh, was it uh i'm trying to think who it was was it fleta that they were focusing fits it was fits yeah. okay yeah. so we i think basically got a confirmation that not only is uh overwatch league an anime but titans definitely are an anime with the uh, hawksaw yep. suffering the blows and the defeats and finally comes out like pops off he was nuts he put his carry pants on and the team kind of gets on his back. And you said that while it's true that Samansu uh, joined him, but when he went berserk on the entire team, guess what happens? Sol tries to focus him down and then the, uh, the other um, parts of our team get to operate in a much freer environment. So we mm-hmm. rolled them there. Um, they try to focus him down, like I said, but the rest of the team thrived. Um, 
Yeah, and then there was a d- defensive bastion comp again, and we <laughs> we held for a fairly decent stall there with a weird um, spawn camping composition. I think we had a May to 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 add to that, add insult to injury, uh, but we held, and it's a well needed two two at this point. Yeah, whatever happened between Lunar Colony and Gibraltar, Haxel definitely seemed to take it personally. Uh, maybe you heard all the, you know, it, it's, it feels like this, this meta, like legends are born within a minute and the legend yeah. of Fitz has been born in like, in like five minutes. We might as well put him on like the, the all overwatch team at this point because he, he played a couple of good doom games. Um, and, and it seemed like Hawksall heard all that and then he took it personally. And not only did he carry, but he went hard after Fitz. Maybe that was a game plan. Maybe that was just pride. Um, but, but from that point on, it just seemed like every chance he got, he would stuff it in Fitz's face. Yeah. Um, and the the other thing I wanted to highlight was it seemed like Janu just learned how to play <laughs> yeah. as the match went on. And and at the first, he was kind of quiet, kind of just trying to figure out, you know, what his EK does or whatever. Um, but over time, you saw him kind of, you know, I'd argue surpass Marvel's play on Sigma yeah. um, as the match went on. It probably bound some keys that he didn't have uh, yeah. before this. It's weird. This meta starts to grow on me. Uh, I see in it like a combination of pure coordination with goats and the pure chaos that we saw and the weird uh, triple DPS that you guys seem to like a lot when we didn't have the roll lock. <laughs> but there's a lot of opportunities for teams to coordinate and, and be quite... Uh, you know, bring out those synergic plays where everybody kind of contributes. But <laughs> meanwhile, you have this raging Doomfist just jumping around the map and then destroying people one after another. So it's it's definitely, you know, it's definitely a good thing for us to have Haxel, who is such a great, great, great Doomfist player. And I, he he told us in the interview that that, that was probably his uh, favorite DPS to play. So. He's probably happy to uh, show it off and, and destroy. And Busan, Busan later came in and and Samensu put the, the the carry pants on. He basically killed everyone while uh, while they tried to hide from Axel. But they got the first map there, and they well, pissed off Axel even more. Well, I was just gonna say, I mean, that first map, the Titans should have won it. Like yeah. the Titans made maybe one or two mistakes. They allowed a flip. Now at the time they had alt economy. They they alt you know they could have come in and then won a team fight. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't get the point back. That flip is what ultimately cost them. But you're right. It's like Soman Su just got fired up and he decided to go and you know reap what he uh, what the dynasty were trying to sow. Uh, play on words, Reaper. All that jazz didn't really hit the mark. Total whiff. What they six were out of tra- ten. You know, what eh. they were trying to sow. Oh, <laughs> three That's out even of ten. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, we saw the Titans begin to again. You know, that's where the damage rolls became key, and then we get to Ike involved, and yeah, holy hell! That, that's I mean, the point. I, yeah, that's the point in the anime where the villain realizes that he has no no chance. It, it was, <laughs> and it wasn't like it wasn't even close. Soul could do nothing, and. You know, if if anything, you could almost consider Tizzy's introduction to the Vancouver Titans was that scrim match against the Soul Dynasty. Yeah. 
And I don't mean to make light of the dynasty. I thought the dynasty did quite well. That 4-2 score is not indicative of their play. Mm. But as we've talked about throughout the season, the Vancouver Titans' idea of a scrim is, you know, a regular match. And that's that's ultimately where we started to see that coalescence of the team. Oh. You know, come to Eight be. out of ten. Yeah. Because, yeah, we talked about Soul, too, like, uh, in the play-ins, the, the, the previous episode. And Fitz is great, and Marvel is really good in this uh, meta. And, and obviously, they have Toby and Ruji Hong in the back lines. And add a sprinkle of Fleta there, and then you have a solid Arisa and Michelle. You got an awesome team there. But Haxel, man, he's been a beast on the Doom. And Sam and Sue improved on the way. Janu, like you said, Sam, he's, he's definitely a good Sigma. So it was a great, great, uh, you know, trial run for, for uh, the Titans in this meta. So let's talk a little bit about what we then saw on Sunday. So the Vancouver Titans, by beating the Soul Dynasty, went on to play the winner of the Los Angeles Gladiators, Sanjo Spark. That happened to be the Gladiators who pulled out. Sadiators. Sadiators. <laughs> and so the uh, Sadiators come trotting out. <laughs> Uh, Busan first map and the Vancouver Titans go and lay the serious of smacketh downs. It, Man, it, it wasn't even close. Like, it, you know, the gladiators were pumped up as this team that's, oh, they're, you know, they're totally going to give Vancouver a run. And then on Busan, Vancouver's like, sup? Yeah. But I already saw some chinks in our armor or something that, would be a concern to us. Like, I thought that Doomfist was annoying in this meta, but then Shoreforce Reaper? Oh my, he was, he was, you know, sneaking into the back lines. I, that's, that's the, the POV that, that Samensu really needs to have a look at. He was really good on that hero, but Busan, we, we really, uh, won and, and took and it easy. Shoreforce known to clutch up though. Like, he, he's yeah. always impressive. Good he's Canadian player. That's true. The, uh, the 2-0. Smackdown on Busan, you know, pump the Titans tires a fair amount. So again, you know, if you're, you're the LA gladiators and you got to pick a map, you know, Nimbani, okay, that's never going to happen again. So, uh, yeah, let's pick uh, King's Row. Yeah, it's a good map. Uh. <laughs> so explain to me why one, We've now seen two matches in a row where teams are picking the map that everyone and their dog would say, what the actual Frankenstein to. I don't know. New game, I guess. New meta. I mean, we say that. Cats out of the bag. The Gladiators won 3-1. The Titans looked horrible on King's Row. Yep. And I messy play. Part of me, you know, I've been sort of thinking about this over the course of the weekend. Part of me wonders, is this just, again, that to use your shirt and chink in the armor where, where Tizzy and the hive mind maybe isn't as well connected where he is, you know, we saw some really good battles on King's row. The Titans always seem to pull them out, but that was with bumper. And could that have been where the adjustment, you know, was more difficult for them to make that they weren't able to sort of clutch one out yeah. where his bumper can do bumper things and, or potentially Play a be, there. Yeah. Pull the yeah. Out. You know, be the focus. I'm not suggesting that that changes anything, but yeah, the gladiators beat the Titans <clears throat> on a map that we aptly call King's Row North. I mean, I, I'm running out of maps to call North. Hollywood North was, you know, changed in stage three. Uh, Nambani North is still, I think, Nambani North, but, you know, maybe not less of a northern locale. And King's Row North. 
Well, the gladiators what? tried to say it's King's Row South. So I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling a vibe here. Well, at least we still got Anubis. <laughs> well, okay. So when the Vancouver Titans were then given the opportunity to pick a map, I am happy to see that they pulled out Anubis here. I was, I was worried that they would try to go and uh, do uh, Horizon again. I still don't understand why they chose Horizon against Seoul. Or ever. But uh, the Vancouver Titans did win uh, Anubis 3-2. This is our, you know, what we would call the Haxall map. Although Haxall did not play the Genji. That didn't matter. He didn't need to. But the Vancouver Titans were efficient. I don't know how to better describe that. It's not as if they dominated, but they were just brutally efficient with everything that they did. And then they rolled out to a nice fun comp to tie that one up in a nice little bow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was kind of like a speedrun attack. And then on defense, we almost lost uh, the point, but we, again, saw a display of Jana's brilliance on, on Sigma. He clutches enough. He, I, I think he got three. <laughs> and enough to prevent that early aggression. And, and uh, we did lose A at the end, but we uh, held on to B until overtime. So we had more in the time bank, and, and Glads couldn't do anything except for uh, to get a draw. And and in time bank, Salmonsu said, "Okay, it's my time to shine." And he annihilates like half of the team, and we beat them. So let's talk about Rialto. <laughs> oh, that was a weird one. So Sam, um, as a fan of bunker comps, what would happen if you saw a bunker comp versus a bunker comp with a pharmacy just flying around <laughs> doing pharmacy things? I'd uh, go and watch league. Like it was, you know, people talked about goats as not being all that interesting because it was mirrored and, you know, they pop alts at the same time. This, this map, at least in the early goings felt worse than that. Yeah. So imagine like two cars on the same road facing each other and revving up to do a game of chicken to see who who, you know, dodges first, but nobody actually moves. That's like an episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> rev the engine, rev the engine. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what we saw. But man, there were there were hacks there. I'm not sure how, but but apparently uh Hydration had invisibility on his uh Farah. <laughs> oh god. I'm not really he did sure. Wise. Yeah. Like the first time, okay, you know what? Good on you. Even though Hacksaw sees you you know, going to the flank, I would imagine Haxall would have said something. Like, I, I don't understand why our pharmacy disengaged their pharmacies watching that take place. But okay, fine. You know what? You got your alt off. You decimated the Titans. That That's ultimately what got LA going on Rialto. Mm -hmm. Then to see it happen again. Like that... Like how do you how do you allow that to occur where pharmacy can, again, throw on her, you know, cloak... And somber it up a little. Just miscommunication. I'm not sure. Uh, well, not or sure. no communication. Maybe, maybe they were like uh, easing TZ in. Oh, that sounds almost like a rhyme. So <laughs> they're like telling him about their glory days. Oh, so this is the map where uh, Bumper emoted and, and stuff. And this is where we normally go. Broke with the records. Run. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This is this is where we beat uh, San Francisco Shock. Oh, there's a far behind and we're all dead. <laughs> that, that's that's actually I think how it all went down. 
Probably, probably. So the the problem I have with with Rialto here is that you saw the Vancouver Titans uh, struggle in spurts, but they were making they were making more mistakes here, and the Gladiators got the mo. And you know I've always talked about this in, in other episodes. Momentum is a scary thing to lose. So we see the Vancouver Titans pick Li Zhang. They needed to settle things down. And the Vancouver Titans did take Li Zhang, but it was close. It could have gone either way. Hmm. Yeah, Mad Haxel uh, woke up again. And uh, Samens, who joined him as well. Could, maybe Li Zhang has the potential of becoming Li Zhang North. I'm not sure. Maybe. We'll see. But we we lost the first map there, I believe, right? Yep. It was the market map. Hmm. And, and this is where... Like, again, like it could have gone either way. I'd actually sort of come to the, the belief the Vancouver Titans were going to lose Li Zhang and then have to go and gut out a couple of wins. I don't know. The difference to me between the Soul map and, and the Soul game and this game, it felt to me like the Titans were ultra confident in their ability just to uh, decide and s- flip that switch and win. So I never felt really that much urgency or, or when they showed their faces between maps, they never like looked in any way nervous or, or uh, but afraid of losing this game. Yes. I, I, Seriously? I think they, they they were a bit more scared against uh, Soul for some reason. I don't know why. Mm, I'm okay. just like, that's the feeling I got. Nothing I f- to base it on. I, I, but, I find that when I look, when I see the Titans like in between and all that, they look to be in the zone. In fact, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think, was it against Soul where the camera went in on Hacksaw and he's like still like focused on the screen and like sort of blindly sticking his hands out to like high five whoever was <laughs> sitting next to him. Like it was yeah. like someone Sue and I can't remember who else. But uh I, I I don't know what to make of it yet in this play in these playoffs, but they look appear to be pretty calm and confident with this okay. meta. Well, regardless, Los Angeles did lose Lu Zhang, and so they had a choice between Numbani and Eichenwald. So they chose Eichenwald. They chose wrong. Well, in theory, <laughs> they didn't do too bad. Yeah. But the Vancouver Titans bent and then decided, ah, screw it. You can't go past this point. <laughs> and they just essentially built a brick wall on the bridge, yeah. set up shop, and that was that. A redemption arc for the ex-Runaway team because they had some really, really painful losses uh, on this map, on this particular bridge. So maybe it's uh, like exercising these demons out, hopefully. Yeah. And we got an early point cap on defense and, and they just fed for some reason. Maybe they kind of went through a mental collapse and they tried to stall a losing battle and they're all and invest alts. Yeah. <laughs> it was awful. And the redemption arc was complete as we destroy them again on that very same bridge. Yeah, well, and, and not only destroyed them, like, it was just the Titans are like, yeah, okay, like you said, they flipped the switch. Yeah, we're going to win yeah. this one now, thanks. Just boop them all off, and slime yeah. was popping off, and TZ got, like, nice uh, pulls, I think it was on defense, actually. But it doesn't matter, like, they played well there. They just flipped that switch, and it was over. So, the Vancouver Titans, by beating the Los Angeles Gladiators, move on to the winner's bracket final where they'll be up against the New York Excelsior that's on this Friday. It's a 4 p.m. Pacific start, which is a phenomenally good time for those of us on the West Coast. 
We'll talk more about why it's even more phenomenal in a short while, but uh, let's set up the New York Excelsior and their... What is it that they do, Omni? They're playing a surgical approach to the game. Quite defensive <laughs> and super careful and surgical. You know, to actually set this up a little bit further, Haxall was asked, you know, who do you hope to face? And he said, uh, we, I hope we face Atlanta because we, you know, we've seen New York already enough <laughs> or something along those lines. Like it was, yeah. I, I, I to be honest, and this could maybe be, you know, arrogance on my part. I prefer the NYXL matchup against the Titans than the Atlanta rain matchup. I see it, but this NYXL is kind of giving me the jitters i mean i called them winning against atlanta I'm, i i don't know why but i i don't see any sandbags anymore and uh they showed this graphic with sabi olby how he affects their win percentage and he definitely kind of carries that mantle of leadership on that team and that's what they were lacking in all those trucks i mean he was there when they choked plenty of times but but with this meta, it feels like everything clicks for them. I, I watched, rewatched that game again, and every time that like things seem dire for them, you could see either Libero or Sebiobi clutch it out. And eh, I mean, Jonak. not enough words can be said about exactly Jonak and and Mano, who are like best in class, best in role type of talent, right? But uh, I'm. Uh, I'm expecting a closer game this time. Well, I'm not. I'm not suggesting it won't be close. I just feel that I can look at NYXL and have at least a, you know, as as the layman on the outside, a pretty yeah. good understanding of what they're going to go and bring. Yeah. Whereas the Atlanta Rain, as we saw, as you know, against the the shock, but then more importantly against NYXL. Now it didn't work out well for them, but that's not yeah. because there wasn't actually success to be had. They were bringing out some, some funky comps. Then we're having, you know, some, some joy with them. Yeah. Sam, you should get ready to a lot of bunkers coming out from Excel. <laughs> and we, we saw actually a quite, uh, effective approach from, um, from Atlanta when they pulled out the Genji on King's row, it was the Genji with the Reaper. Mm-hmm. And they did it twice. I'm not sure if it was on King's Row on another map, but but maybe, maybe it's just a better option to dive in on the Bastion with uh, a Genji instead of a Doomfist. But anything is possible with that team with, with uh, the Bunker approach. It's just, you know, break those shields and, and pummel through. Uh, but the weird thing is they actually used it on attack as well plenty of times with the Sim. Uh, it's going to be funky, definitely. <laughs> I think I think the thing about what's interesting for me is like you're you're totally right and the Titans are becoming an anime because they are facing up against some some legends of Overwatch. Like we started mm. with with Ruje Hong. Uh we went over to Surefour, although, you know, arguably not a legend, but these are these are guys who are vets in the league. Hey, he's a Canadian legend. He's a Canadian legend, which is somewhat meaningful, I suppose. Um sec second in the world once upon a time. Um and and then and then now it it's just everything seems to be clicking for NYXO in that in that the met like Sayobi's been gone pretty much all season other than that the brief stint with the widow, um, Sombra, Sombra a little bit but not yeah. not that much right yeah. uh, I think yeah. they had a the, I can't remember who was playing Sombra for them uh, it, Nene? it blanks me now Nene yeah Nene was playing the Sombra, um, but but Sayobi is 
is really like the heart of this team, right? Like if, if Jonak is the superstar talent, say it will be, would be your, your Bo Horvat to throw the Canucks reference out there. Um, guys that just seem to step it up to another level when it means a little bit more. And my, my kind of, my, my prelude and the connection point that I want to make is bumper is really that guy for the Titans. And while bu- bumper doesn't have the pedigree of, of Sabiobi or, or Ruje Hong, I think this is, this is one of those moments where, where we try to figure out, okay, is bumper one of those all time guys, or is he just someone that was really good for a brief period of time? Um, and I don't know if bumper will play at all, but that's kind of questions swimming through my head because even though, you know, they, they won against the gladiators, they won against soul. Like it doesn't exactly feel the same without bumper. Like they're just, they're just missing something And it. And, and I have no doubt that Tizzy's the better Arissa. It's just, it, yeah. it feels like something is missing. I can't quite put my finger on it. I guess it's the two layers of not only gameplay that you're addressing here, but the persona itself, right? When, when, NYXL started this season. They didn't have really Sabiobi, and they were yep. super gray and boring. Nobody really cared who who came up to the mic when they won, and they had a good record and good efficiency. But man, you gotta have that like leadership voice or identity that that mm-hmm. the Titans really needed at the get from the get go as a, as they tried to like solidify their identity as this new team, the expansion team. And Bumper was right up there with with uh, his big uh, Ryan plays and all that. Now we kind of don't have that, but I, I, I'm not sure if it's really as uh, really a necessity. Yeah, right like I'm, 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 I'm torn I'm not on sure it. I'm torn I'm not on sh- it. I'm not sure how much of a leader he is during games. During, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure if he's uh, positive. Uh, he has a positive or a negative effect on the team as he was really high maintenance. And while that was effective in, in, in goats, I'm not sure how good that is now. And, and with Tizzy, you get that calmness. You, you, you don't even care. You know that, that your main tag is super solid, always doing the right choices. And that's what Orissa really is, right? She's, she's like alive. That, that, that altar <laughs> around, uh, around which the teams kind of, uh, stand, uh, you know, uh, come together. So, it's a low key character and you got to have those. Oh, I'm sorry for going back to traditional sports, but every team got to have that glue guy or that, or that person who doesn't really need the limelight to thrive or does the garbage. Uh, uh, it's a good voice and, in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, who, who's there? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> uh, it's interesting. It's definitely a, an interesting uh, way to look at it. And especially now considering with all that rumblings and rumors with, with the social media accounts going yeah. on. I hope that the Titans as a team, you know, are in a good place. And, and winning is definitely a good ingredient into the recipe of, of good synergy and team environment. So just keep on winning. Keep doing that grind to the finals. Okay. So, Titans, NYXL, Friday, score. In all really, really... Well, no, it's first to four. Same, same, same way. A super close 4-2 to the Titans. Super, super close. Sam? Uh, I can't can't not go against... uh, uh, what is it? Omnidostris? I can't even pronounce your damn name. <laughs> Omnistradamus. <laughs> it doesn't click, man. We need a better name. I got to follow him, though. 4-2. See, okay. I, I would have been going with the 4-2 regardless. 
It's, it's, it, I've already the, incepted the idea th- into then your I'll brain. Fo- then I'll follow light force. I'll follow all the forces. God right. darn. It, it's it's <laughs> the safe score. I, get, I mean, we're a Titans podcast. I can't imagine us ever going against the Vancouver Titans because we're not biased at all. But uh, I actually, I, my bracket had the shock wing at all, which makes me look like a fool now. Yeah, but well, I was trying not to be biased. They're still uh, they're still down there. Yeah, they could. I mean, you think about it, we'll get into the fray. You know, right now, if you lose, you have a good chance of having to play the shock. And I don't know Oof. if either New York nor Vancouver would really be up to have to do that on the loser's bracket. But we'll get there in a fray. Let's talk a little bit about what is happening on Friday. If you want to catch the Vancouver Titans play the New York Excelsior, you can head to the Sports Bar Rogers Arena for another official watch party. Doors open, I believe it is 3.30 in the afternoon, for those of you who don't work or don't go to school. Uh, The actual match kicks off at four shortly thereafter. The uh, Vancouver Titans are throwing in a little extra. So again, it's the $10 ticket to get you in the door. But if you happen to buy that ticket before midnight Wednesday night, so midnight Pacific Wednesday night, that's the, I would suggest today, if you're listening to this as you should, and if you're listening to it late, so sorry, uh, it gets a a skin code uh, just for showing up. So again, check that out. Uh, I will hopefully be there. Uh, I got to sort out the whole day job thing. Uh, Sam, you had mentioned probably not Ani. I'll be in the SkyTrain. <laughs> okay, so I'll be there. I'll be on the train the, the opposite way. That's kind of like a, a, a watch party in itself. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you'll you know watch each other go the opposite direction on the train. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, if you do happen to come to the watch party and I happen to be there, you know, leaning towards there being a very good chance, uh, stop by our table, say hello. And grab an exclusive Ready Set Home pin. It was amazing the number of people that came. Oh, can, can I have one of these? Like, yeah, it's Ready Set Home podcast, and you know we got to have some good conversations with people. Uh, as I've mentioned in Titans Cord, uh, it's a whole lot easier to incentivize you to come to us than us to get up and walk to you. But that's just because I'm lazy. Cardio, man. We don't do it. That's why we're yeah. podcasters. Yeah, especially with those nachos. <laughs> But let's, let's talk about a few other Titans tidbits. So first and foremost, I do want to touch on it. So on, you had brought it up, uh, Bumper and social media. Um, so it looks as if Bumper has uh, deleted or at least uh, disabled his social media accounts. Not that he had a whole lot, but uh, they have gone bye-bye. And there hasn't been any official reason as to why that's the case. Although some of the scuttlebutt is that maybe he's doing it to shut down the noise. Others feel it could be that he's, you know, down and out about not being in the starting uh, lineup. My take on it is very simple. First and foremost, as any competitor would probably not entirely happy that he is on the bench getting the super treatment. But if you are worried about him, take a look at Titans cord and notice what avatar he currently has set up. He's Tizzy. And if you look at Tizzy's avatar, Tizzy's bumper. I'm thinking things are all right. These guys go way back. They're good friends. Yeah. Uh, in in the nature of social media, everything's blown up out of proportion. What are you talking about? Social media? It doesn't blow uh, up. Never. Kids, delete your uh, social media profiles. Your life will become better. <laughs> Let me tweet about it. I can't. I can't <laughs> deny that for sure. Let me tweet about it. I, 
I think I think it is a tough pill to swallow considering, you know, the season they've had, the kind of the kind of dominance they've had throughout the season and just kind of to be benched at the most, you know, crucial time. Like like I've been benched in meaningless, like, you know, beer league basketball games or whatever. And and there is a part of you that's like you you want to be out there, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're as competitive as Bumper is and when you're on that level, you wanna be you want to be a team player, but you also you also want to contribute, and so there's there's an internal struggle, especially at 19, when when you're trying to figure out how do I be the best teammate I can be, but also like I need to be the best that I can be, and the only way I can do that is by playing. So so he's he's going through some stuff. I have no doubt about that. Um, my hope is that you know the Titans themselves are tight as a bunch and they can, you know, this, this is camaraderie thing, but back to what I was saying earlier, like this, this can be a defining moment for bumper because he can choose to, you know, sulk for lack of a better term. And, and there's no indication that he's been sulking or doing anything of the sort. So I just want to make that clear. Um, or he can use his opportunity as motivation to get better. Um, and so, you know, the choice is up to his where, where I see him is he's on the cusp of being something special right now. He's, I guess what we call an all-star, but not necessarily one of the, the top tier players yet <coughs> in spurts. Sure. But, but I think this is one of those moments where a year from now we could be talking about, you know, how this period motivated him, um, to become better. Yeah. And this, uh, thing, even though we just saw Tizzy play, this week, we already kind of alluded to the fact that this process has been in the workings for a while now. So it was a long time coming. And I'm sure Titans already uh, were aware of the problem that they might have with not having a, a solid Arisa to uh, go all the way. And obviously, there's all the entire emotional part behind it. And Bumper is an animated, uh, like not anime, but like... <laughs> I'm now talking about the animation of his character as a, as a leader, as a, as a about, totally speaker and all that. And and without that, you can just look at it dryly as, you know, as the, the fact is he's the only Titans player to have never been on the bench so far this season. So everybody got their time on the bench. Even Haxal, even... Uh, um, Twilight. Twilight, exactly. So it's just part of the game. Yeah. It's just the timing is all. I get that. And, you know, as Sam had said, and as I'd sort of pointed out, you know, any competitor. Just, just buff they want, Ryan. They want to play. Just buff, <laughs> buff Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, just write a letter to Uncle Jeff, maybe in season three. <laughs> um, other things that uh, are happening in uh, this side of the universe. Hacksaw won Rookie of the Year. I don't think there was any question mm-hmm. that this was going out. Like, he, who who else in the league has been as dominant as Hacksaw has, especially as we saw stage four take place? Yeah, through and, all and, stages. You know, some recency bias with Nero. Okay, fair, but I mean, even as a Brig, you know, Hexel yeah. was was next level. So he wins Rookie of the Year. He is the only Vancouver Titans Award winner outside of the role awards, which we'll get into a little bit later in the fray. But uh, he seems to be genuinely happy, and he, I don't know if you guys seen that trophy. That yeah. trophy is solid. I want a trophy like that. Podcast writing ladder, <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, it was nice to see. It's kind of weird how these awards were like awarded. Uh, what I mean to say is like he won Rookie of the Year, but he wasn't an MVP candidate. While there were other rookies on on that candidacy, candidacy yeah. list, so it's maybe the is. league felt like he should have been there, or you know. So it, it made sense. He's definitely 
the greatest uh, new uh, rookie. And it's even funny to call him a rookie while he was grinding this game ever since like 2016. But okay. Yeah. And then, any, any type of award recognition is, is good. We great. win Titans Podcast Rookie of the Year. I think we should. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely the best Just, Titans. Uh, we'll drop that in Titans Court. You know? Yeah. See who we should be against. the MVP as well for the best Titans <laughs> podcast. So. Mm, Self nomination. And uh, the final thing of uh, Titans news of note is they have uh, hired a new director of business operations. Uh, and by new, it's their first because they actually haven't had one. It is Anthony Morocco. Now, for those of you who are curious, well, what's this guy been up to? Uh, he's actually been in the esports scene on the traditional sports side. So he got his start uh, as an esports manager for the Dallas Mavericks uh, back in 2017. Uh, he then moved on to become the director of gaming operations with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And now he's the director of business operations of the Vancouver Titans. So you might be thinking, well, Cavaliers, Mavericks, what are you talking about? Uh, on the, uh, the NBA side of things, they've got a very solid esports scene. I mean, is it like down in Portland? I think they've got their... Uh, 2k team up on the building well let's not talk about the portland team they mm. they've they've had the last two mvps and choked in the first round of the playoffs both years anyway I'm actually, no i'm actually enjoying uh hearing um chris here talk about the nba <laughs> in any capacity so but sure we gotta take what we can get the uh the actual side of things though that he was on was esports and so i think the synergy of coming from both esports but in this yeah. traditional sports world and i know y'all like, why do you keep saying traditional sports? I mean, all sports, traditionally, not the esports side. Both uh, sports. I love how he's had to clarify traditional okay. sports. This comes up. This like, <laughs> I, I, Okay, I got called out, although it wasn't me getting called out in RSP court about, like, traditional sports in North America. It's like baseball, football, hockey, basketball. <laughs> unless, you're, nitpicky, yeah. like, unless you're tossing the pigskin or throwing the rock, it what, ain't sports to me. When I say no traditional sports traditional sports i'm simply trying to put the differentiation in between you know what people don't question happen to be sports and then things like esports poker darts like there are the line starts to stretch that's all i'm trying to do but back back to anthony the new director of business operations i think he, he comes from that blended world which i believe at least in my experience uh, having you know followed the vancouver canucks is extremely important to them like the 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 ability to bridge the two worlds is important. And I think from looking at, you know, Anthony's uh, CV, he's going to be able to do that. I don't know him personally, but, you know, for all intents, uh, he's been getting quite a few plaudits through social media now. So I think there's actually a lot of people that are excited. I think uh, Omni and I are already planning the episode where we bring him in and just straight up talk basketball. Yeah, you should. Off-season yeah. content. We need some. We'll, we'll, we'll start it with the premise that we're going to talk about the Titans, but we'll just end up talking about Devin Booker again. Boom, that's two episodes. <laughs> I have no idea what you just talked about. Not a clue. Haven't anything. But, uh, yeah. I don't know that one. Oh, thanks. Oh. Is that Siri or Alexa? That's that, was, that was, I can't say her name anymore, but it that's, wasn't the first one. <laughs> isn't that Google Home? That sounds like Google Home. No, no, that one's still in the box. Oh, okay. You, you can't you can't take the uh, smart devices out in post prod. That's going to be difficult. Um, I'm a little thirsty. You guys a little thirsty? I am always parched. 
Well, if you happen to be thirsty, well, we don't have a whole lot of time ourselves to go run out and grab one. Uh, you can grab a Froster from Circle K. Uh, if you go to a Circle K here in Western Canada, uh, a number of stores will still have Titan Cups available. They are exclusive to Circle K in Western Canada, but again, they're limited. We are getting to the point where some of the stores you'll go into, they may not have them. And if you don't have one or all six yet, you are running out of time. Now, Circle K itself, as we had said, is uh, known uh, throughout Canada. Western Canada stores are the ones that are going to have it, but you might know them as Max. That is equal. Now, the actual cups, as I said, there are six. You've got the four players, you've got the Titans uh, logo, and you've got the full team cup. That's the one that I have. And it's also extremely important that when you do run out, you, you choose the most appropriate flavor for the cup. Like, if you get slime, I expect you're getting all the flavors in there, right? Mm. Definitely. Well, in a world of less than mediocre Overwatch League merchandise, this is a blessing. And I think they should come up with a TZ cup as well, limited edition. Just something putting something out Something solid? Yeah. Hey. A, so a solid flavor. That's Stable. a great idea. And if you want to ask for a, an exclusive seventh cup, a Tizzy cup, you'll want to go in at Circle K West Can and let them know. Tell them that at Ready Set Pwn told you to do so. Because they like that. But as we go and do something for our own thirst needs, we're going to take a quick break before going straight into the fray. Let's start off by talking about the weekend that was. Now, uh, it wasn't so much an entire weekend. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. This is the problem sort of with, with the way schedule is, where like you sit down to watch a solid amount of Overwatch, and then you realize that, oh, there's only a couple of matches each day. Well, that's kind of sad. But uh, as we already knew on Thursday, the Vancouver Titans kicked it off by beating the Seoul Dynasty. And as we sort of alluded to, the Los Angeles Gladiators squeaked by the Hangzhou Spark. Now, this one was a lot closer and could have gone either which way. So the Vancouver Titans facing off the Gladiators could have just been as equal to a faced off against the Hangzhou Spark. On the Friday, you had the New York Excelsior beat the London Spitfire 4-1. Like, this wasn't even close. Nope. Like London came out of the uh, uh, playoff play-in with all of this momentum, allegedly. Yeah, everybody was saying like, oh, the people out of the play-ins are going to have uh, an advantage this time, but guess not. <laughs> not, not. It wasn't even close. But the, uh, and this is no disrespect to what we saw from the Vancouver Titans. Mm -hmm. The match between the Atlanta Reign and the San Francisco Shock was oh. on freaking point if oh you didn't watch God. this one friday night you missed out i was an atlanta <laughs> atlanta fan for for uh those two hours or whatever that game took and we okay i mean the charlie niner term gets bounced around far too often <laughs> atlanta won because san francisco in a team fight that they would have won Charlie Ninerd hard. I think Atlanta 
had like was already down three, only had two on the point. San Francisco, I think, still had five on on the short spawn, and they walked away. By far the worst C9 I have ever seen in terms of like the magnitude of what it meant. Well, you like even the rain rain players were were shocked. Like <laughs> there was that like, oh my god, we won? Like they didn't expect it. Like that's how I mean, they weren't in a position there where they should have theoretically won in that fight. They had maybe one team fight left if they were able to recover. Mm-hmm. And yet San Francisco, Charlie Ninerd, and they Charlie Ninerd hard. Oof. We can talk about that like uh, until we were blue in the face. Oh, it would have been the other way. Well, you know what? You shouldn't even gotten to that point where a simple... Charlie Niner would have cost you the, you know, the winner's bracket. But it was a great match. I was on the edge of my seat. I was watching the rest of the games. I don't know about you guys, but some of you were probably digging uh, tunnels for the subway. But I was, <laughs> I was watching the games. I was nope. taking notes, being I, professional. I, I, <laughs> I was watching this one. I, I had not yet started my engineering project in Minecraft. <laughs> okay. Um, but you were already right, drawing the blueprints, I'm sure. Sure. But okay, I mean, you, you look at this, this, this match. I mean, it, it was back and forth. You had, yeah. um, like San Francisco roll over the rain on Dumbani and then the rain just go and flex on, uh, uh, Horizon Lunar Colony. It was back and forth, back and forth. Uh, King's Row was nuts. Mm. And then Rialto? I mean, equally as intense. When San Francisco won King's Row, I genuinely felt, ah, they're going to pull this one off, right? Like, this is the, it's that same old story. And yet Atlanta clutched out on Rialto, got that some, got themselves that win, which again, the way, the way the rain played the shock is why I would have been somewhat worried for the Vancouver Titans to face off against them. Yeah. Every sports kind of have kind of has that type of team that everybody's afraid to face, just even though they're like lower ranked. And every time they face like a major opponent, just flat out play insanely, play up to to, to the you know level of their opponent, and might beat them. So that's kind of how I see Atlanta. Well, uh, the loser bracket Saturday. Really, I hope no one watched either one of those matches. Like Seoul was gutted. I don't know if it was so much that the spark were that much better or if Seoul was just completely gutted from there. Oh, lots of tears Titans. were shed. Yeah. And then the London Spitfire, you know, having, you know, shown up with lots of, you know, energy against the New York Excelsior, uh, showed up with absolutely no energy against the San Francisco shot. <laughs> like, it wasn't even close. Like, no. San Francisco won 4-0, but to be quite frank, I'm pretty sure the Spitfire simply you know, threw in the white towel when it was 3-0. It was weird. At some points, I thought they were just throwing to go home earlier. Okay. It was a weird showing, really disappointing. And we, we heard a little bit about the rumors of the turmoil with Bird Ring behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Well, uh, yeah, which is all scuttlebutt at this point. But That's not how you want to go out, right? No. but that's It just feels it like Spitfire have been like on elimination for so long that I feel like emotionally, both Seoul and London were just yeah. just done. They were pretty. I think they were boasting, boasted by analysts too much, and they practically expected to beat NYXL when they were dumpstered for one. They were like the facade 
fell through and uh, no. we're not that good. <laughs> And then winner's bracket Sunday, you had the Titans beat the Gladiators 4-2, as we already heard. And then we had the Atlanta Reign and the New York Excelsior face-off, which you already know the New York Excelsior won 4-2. This 4-2 was more akin, in my mind, to a 4-3. Now, I actually really enjoyed uh, most of what I saw with this match. Again, we had a really solid King's Row. I thought Atlanta played Hanamura just brilliantly, and we started to see some funky comps from them. Uh, Rialto, not their best, but then they come back on Li Zhang. Unfortunately, Nambani, it's almost like they were, for lack of a better descriptor, tired. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, New York, they're all surgical robotics, you know, players. It takes so. a lot of uh, brain power to uh, play Ash and Bob, so <laughs> maybe they got <laughs> fatigued. Well, and I mean, actually, just Symmetra to too, talk about yeah. the the Ash play on Rialto, like it was Jonak who eventually came around and uh, punished a, a baby bay. But the prior to that that shift, the Ash play on Rialto was giving New York fits. I mean, the Ash play on on Hanamura was giving them fits. Yeah. Anywho, uh, Rain lost. So that means this weekend, we're going to go and see, as we already know, Vancouver play New York Excelsior for the first game of the week. Uh, that will determine the person or the team that will go on to the grand final. You then have losers playing on Thursday. Uh, sorry, prior to the Friday game, where Atlanta is going to be facing off against the Hangzhou Spark. The Gladiators facing off the San Francisco Shock. The winners of those two matches will then play on Saturday. And then the winner of the Saturday match is going to play the loser of the Friday match on Sunday. So I see San Francisco beating LA. I think the rain are going to beat the spark. I agree. And that sets up a very compelling rematch between the rain and the shock. (laughs) Now I think the shock, like if I'm the Atlanta rain, I like, I like my odds going in against San Francisco, but if I'm San Francisco, I'm kind of wanting to prove a point. And that's what scares me is I feel that San Francisco is potentially going to be on a roll and whomever were to lose on Friday is ultimately going to play San Francisco on Sunday. In the losers finals, you mean? Well, this is the thing though, is the, the winner of the loser final goes to the grand final in yeah. Philly. The winner of the losers finals. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually do anticipate San Francisco uh, avenging and and destroying Atlanta Rain, but I'm less confident about them beating NYXL in the losers finals. I think they will. Omni be is at fully this... on this NYXL. I don't know train. why. I don't know what is about them, but I think San Francisco would be too fatigued at this point. They will be sloppy. And uh, I anticipate them losing in the losers' finals in a very painful fashion. Perhaps another C9. Who knows? <laughs> hmm. A lapse of, of 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 focus at some point. Too much confidence or too much uh, lack of confidence in whoever they play in the losers' finals, and I see them uh, losing this match. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Well. We'll have to pay attention to your picks over the course of the weekend because I'm sure you, you know, you'll keep all of this to yourself and won't say a word to anyone, either in Titans <laughs> Court, RSP Court, or on Twitter. 
Yeah, I'm feeling adventurous with these brackets. Yeah. Paid off so far. It has. You should, I hope you're putting you know some prop bet money down. Although <laughs> you probably can't prop bet on this stuff. I guess I'm now a believer in the surgical approach. <laughs> some other Overwatch League news. Sinatra is your 2019 MVP. And uh, when I first saw him, I mean, oh, of course it's going to be Sinatra. But then... You know, Sam, you and I chatted about this at uh, the the watch party. And when you look at the five players that were nominated, Sinatra arguably is the, you know, based on how he was within the GOATS meta, but then his play on Doomfist, which is currently in meta, a key component to the success that San Francisco is having. Super gets taken out and San Francisco is still having success. So he's, in my mind, not the most valuable player in that sense. Now this, then looking at the Vancouver Titans, whereas, you know, some of it has to do with the fact of who was has nominated. The hive mind, unfortunately, costs, in my mind, the yep. value to the Titans. And therefore, and then here's Gushway. And the... <laughs> That just makes the choice that much more simple. Now, the way the Overwatch League did it through fan voting and, and whatnot kind of throws things askew. Uh, from what I understand, Sinatra on the fan vote. So mm-hmm. how much sway that has over everything else, we don't know. Did Sinatra win the fan vote? Not the almost yeah. overrated main tank in the league? No, he Sinatra won by a mile. Yeah. So he had like mm-hmm. 40%, 40 plus percent of the There is hope in humanity. There's a lot of issues, again, like you said correct things. He carried both in the end of the league as a Doomfist, and then he was super integral to the Shock's success but in, in Goats, but so was Haxel, right? Or or, mm-hmm. or Twilight, who's been a great all time. But there's an issue of what an MVP is, and, and it... And I think we kind of caught on to that problematic definition from from traditional sports where mm-hmm. you just pick for the best player on the best team, right? So that's kind of like a pattern that I've been noticing a lot. And and Sinatra fits that bill. Plus, he's kind of like popular and and, and the league will definitely benefit mm-hmm. from it. And yeah, and, uh, and he's deserving. I'm not trying to like... Yeah, I'm not trying to downplay it. He's an incredible player, and 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 he's grown a lot from last season. He's kind of the leader of that team, and uh, well deserved. Yeah. yeah, I think in my mind it was a it was a two man race between Twilight and Sinatra, but with the popular vote, I don't think there was ever any doubt that Sinatra was yeah. going to win the popular vote. And I think like he he had a great season. The shock were great, so. I, I'm with Omni on this one too. Even without the popular vote, I knew that Sinatra was going to win it. Like not even close with with uh, Twilight because unless you're like a Jonak where you redefine a position and play mm-hmm. like a very flashy style, I don't see a support player winning it. Or, or even Gushue is he the best tank? I don't think so. He's just the flashiest and most popular one. Well, okay. Let's let we talked about this last episode. Why, why was, I'll talk about it again. You know, Gushway Gush, being up there is that's a po- that's the popular vote. Like yeah. we were going. No, through but st- he wasn't. He was nominated not by just. No, I know, but fans. but that's the thing is that like we were going through statistics and the statistics did not support him being there over others. Of course not. Right, and that's he is an average tank. Yeah, and so like thankfully. He didn't win. Yeah. Like there were, there were four names up there that I could, okay, fine. I mean, I would, I, I'll be honest, super, maybe not would have, maybe 
okay, fine, but I, I'm not. I wouldn't be happy with it. What about Mano? We'll see. But he, he's a, he's a tank too, he, and much better than Gushway. But he should have been there. Like yeah. that's that's my problem. Is is Gushway was nominated in a in a like the best he could have received was honorable mention, and yet he got top five all right, for whatever all right. reason. Right? Cue the X Files music. Yeah. About can't afford uh, the X Files music. Viewing. <laughs> So viewership numbers. All right, I'm gonna stop. Yeah. Um, anyhow, Sinatra <laughs> wins MVP. Let's talk about some moves in the Overwatch League. So if you happen to be a head coach in the Overwatch League, then these moves will probably relate to you most because all we saw are coaches moving around. Uh, Packington is the quote unquote new head coach for the Los Angeles Valiant. Now, I say quote unquote new because he ultimately had been their interim head coach. He is now their permanent head coach so the interim tag was was taken away and he's essentially been running the show since moon was released after stage one uh we saw uh mineral become the new head coach of the boston uprising so for those of you keeping score you might be wondering well wait a minute who was previously the head coach for the boston uprising uh that was crusty Back in May of 2018 when he was released. They've not actually had a head coach since then. So Mineral is now the head coach in Boston. And and Mineral had that role in Florida until Florida went through their entire shift to their probably Korean roster. Fusions Fusions was the coach, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the uh, potential side effect to this and maybe it is maybe it's not is uh the assistant coach gunba who was in boston is not coming back now his contract was coming to an end at the conclusion of the season so he has announced on, on twitter that he is lft looking for team there is a part of me that wonders, like, here's, you know, a guy who's filled this assistant coach role, who's come out and said that, yeah, he was the assistant coach, as was Shake. They were, neither one of them was head coach. But when they, when an organization brings someone from the outside in, I would imagine either that person might want their people, or in turn, someone who might have been filling the role to some respect didn't get the chance and has decided it's time to go somewhere else. I don't know, because the other uh, component of this is... Uh, Gunba's contract was coming up. So theoretically he was going to be looking for team regardless. Hmm. Uh, what else is happening? Well, in the Hangzhou, they uh, brought in U4 as an assistant coach, um, which hopefully goes better for them than when U4 was the head coach for the Shanghai <laughs> dragons. Yeah. I love coach movement talks. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't even Google it because then my keyboard gets all typey. (laughs) But uh, U4 was previously the coach of the Shanghai Dragons during their, you know, great season. He actually stepped down in March of 2018, but by then it was too late. Don't worry, U4. It didn't turn around after you left until this year. And then uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Do I think everything here? Yeah, I think that was it. There's just a bunch of coaches moving around. We are also looking for teams. We went 1-0 together on Mystery Heroes today, we, so I think we we're did. ready. Hey, okay. You, you got to see me playing Farah, and you're like, oh, man, I can't believe it's suicide. I didn't plan on, you know, suiciding. Yeah, so, so the story was he he, he was Mystery Hero out in Farah, 
and he was having a rough time because there was a soldier just waiting for him. Like, literally did nothing but wait for him to show up. And when, when and did you play? Just this, this evening. He was on Farah. I was, I was just watching. I was waiting. No, when, when were you playing? Just this evening on Mr. Heroes. Yeah. Oh, when for I a was whole uh, eight minutes. When I was writing my notes and rewatching <laughs> games. Yeah, yeah. Well, you That's why doing... we can look for a team now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. The, I, the I, match I... lasted eight minutes. And, and, and then I and then I came back after being dropped and you know single handedly helped my team capture the point. Yeah, then he got a five k on Farah after after suiciding. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, and then and then we go in and we play uh, a, a mystery heroes one mystery heroes match together because Sam here he's like hurry up I got to go at like six forty five it's like you know six forty <laughs> and uh, we didn't do too bad. Yeah, I don't okay, think you I'm, died. No, I didn't. I, I got I got Reaper on uh, Blizzard World, and that was all she wrote. I got stuck on bumper duty, or yeah. bunker duty. Yeah. yeah, you did well as uh, Bastion, favorite player I'm, of the game. I'm getting dangerously close on Diamond to Diamond in DPS. Hmm. So that's good. Sorry, Diamond is that comp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't mm. know this thing called comp. <laughs> they don't let me play comp. They say I've ruined the team. Who is they? Anybody Everyone. who plays with oh. me. <laughs> Sam gets reported for throwing as soon as avoid they see. Us, avoid his teammate. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but as we wrap up our episodes, we got a review, guys. That's right. We Ooh. got a review. And what do we do when we get a review? We read it verbatim. So this review was from Contagious D. Now, I'm actually curious. Is Contagious D related to Tenacious D? Mm, might be. Might be. And if, 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 if kids out there don't know Tenacious D, it's like the greatest band in the world who also created a song called Tribute to the Greatest Song in the World. It is phenomenal. But Contagious D gave us five out of five stars. How many stars, boys? Five, five stars. Uh, title is not a Titans fan, but a fan of RSP. So right there, that title alone, I'm like, this is awesome. I mean, we're, we're a Titans podcast. We don't make any bones about that. We talk about the fact that it's Titans, 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 but we do try to obviously touch on everything else because we feel that you Titans fans need more than just Titans talk. We want to tell you about the world that is out there. Uh, but the review goes on and says, I've been listening since the first episode when I thought I was going to like the Vancouver Titans, even though they probably aren't even my, in my top five, Dude. I stayed for the content and the people on this podcast, along with talking a bit about the Titans. They also cover just general overwatch and overwatch league news. This is one of the overwatch podcasts. I listen to weekly along with others like oversight, plat chat and tactical crouch. If you listen to any of those other podcasts, I would recommend you listen to an episode, whether you're a Titans fan or not. Five stars. Thanks for the content. Well, Contagious D, thank you for that review. A couple questions, though. How did the Vancouver Titans not make your top five? I'm genuinely like, there's curious There's like about 10 that. teams, right? Yeah. 12 teams? His, uh, <laughs> his uh, review came from the US stream of uh, reviews from iTunes. I mean, how can we compete with wonderful teams like uh, Boston Uprising and Florida Mayhem and the like? So, I get it. I get it. Contag- Contagious D, man. I love you, dude. But, uh, come on, man. You gotta be a Titans fan. You can't, you can't be 
Imagine us listening to like a San Francisco Shock podcast week after week after week. Man, you, you gotta you gotta buy. Go all in. Just just wear the shirt, man. Don't don't be afraid that you're cheering for the best team in the league. Just just you know, just do it. It kind of sounds like we're picking on someone for giving us a great review. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not. We're just we're just being greedy. I'm just being greedy. Okay, I, I it's we are a greedy podcast. But no, okay. like uh, the other thing though here, um, being placed in in comparison to oversight, plat chat, tactical crouch, like these are who. Pro, those are pro podcasts. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm kidding. So fans like of us. every other team, just hop on to the ride. Even if you hate Titans, I'm sure. You're gonna yeah, we won't. We content. won't peer pressure you all the time. <laughs> I think. But uh, again, Cadejus D, thank you for the five out of five stars. Thank you for the review. And if you happen to have answers to those questions we ask, you know, you can shoot those into us uh, either through social, uh, you know, we're at Ready Set Pwn pretty much on every social media platform in RSP Discord or in Titans Discord as well. Um, you can also send us an email. The email address is feedback at readysetpwn.com or Sam, is there another way that uh, people can reach out to us? Mm. Homing pigeons. Did you get that fax machine set up yet? <laughs> No, I have not got Best the Best Buy VIP sale, man. We've been talking about this for months. I know. I'm still waiting for Omni to go and get himself his microwave. But if you did want to reach us, you can reach us by phone at 604-409-3324. That's 604-409-3324. You can send us a text message or leave us a voicemail. We will receive either, and we will read what you share verbatim. Heck, if you leave us a voicemail, you'll get to hear your own voice. Cool. That's pretty but cool. If you also take that phone number, put it into your cell phone and share a screen capture of that phone number in your phone book, Sam will read an acrostic poem with your name. Hmm. Please shorten your names, folks. <laughs> the uh, other things that are going on, as we've already been talking about, is the fact that, yes, we have a Minecraft server. We're having lots of fun. We're building a subway, or at least I am. <laughs> like. I'm sorry. If I had known like stuff like this could be done in this game, I would have been playing this a long time ago. I, this is the type of stuff that I, I actually, I, I love. Like it, it sort of brings me back to like the OG SimCity days where mm, the best way to win the game. Lego. No, no, okay. <laughs> that's, that's real OG, but like the OG SimCity days where like you had to have a cat catastrophe where you could raise taxes to like max level and then win the game because by then your people just Pave, but anyhow, um, there's no taxes. Wow, that, that that went really dark really quick. Yeah, whatever. Some city Some 2000 city. with the tsunamis. Yeah, or like Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Fires, let know, tornadoes. Let me know when your uh, brig house station is set up. Yeah, I will. You can join. Uh, but if you are interested in joining us for Minecraft, just head to readysetpunt.com slash RSPMC. There's details there. But uh, beyond that, uh, we've got some plans for the offseason. We've been sort of chatting about what we'll be doing. Uh, first and foremost, we are going to be reducing our schedule from weekly to bi-weekly. Now, let's be honest, there isn't going to be a whole lot of Titans content to cover, so it doesn't make sense that we would just come together to... You know, hear Sam talk about the fact that no one plays with him in comp, or that mm -hmm. uh, Omni is prognosticating competitive matches just, you know, randomly based on what he plays. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's some stuff that we, we've, we're thinking about uh, content-wise, guest-wise, but if there's anything that you want us to cover, you'd like to hear from us, a guest perhaps that you would like us to reach out and possibly get on the podcast, let us know. Um, we plan on being here 
and we plan on being in Rogers Arena for the homestand next year. I'll be that guy in the back of the arena holding up the sign. I host RSP. I also I'll be the guy holding up the sign that says I'm with idiot. Yeah. And it'll be pointing <laughs> it on me. <laughs> but any final words of wisdom, boys, that you'd wish to share to our, our millions of listeners that might still be here? Potatoes gonna potate. <laughs> My pro tip is if you guys are going to do a podcast, always, always make sure to go to the bathroom before. Hey, that's that's what diapers are for. Yeah, Come man. on. They, Sponsor they, us, diapers. You know, <laughs> that segment is brought to you by Pampers. If they had like Titans faces on them, <laughs> I'll totally wear so, those. So, so does like it's it starts off like a black and white logo, but then when the diaper needs to be changed, it's the full like blue it's and like green color. color. Like for those of you that don't know, that's that's ultimately how like baby diapers work. They've got like they change color. It's the yeah, it's invention. called blue and green and brown. Well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's before you actually open it up. <laughs> oh, great con today. Oh, it's always the greatest stuff when we start winding up a season of any podcast. And sure, uh, as for me, uh, any final words of wisdom? Hopefully, I see people you know wearing our, our RSP pins. I'm still waiting for for that to occur. If anyone happens to be going down to uh, Blizzard Arena to watch some. Vancouver Titans action, or really any action in the Blizzard Arena. Hold can, up that I listen to RSP sign, because we will love you forever. You can pin the pins to the diaper. You could, okay, if you were Sam, you could do that too. Just be careful, because that's not an area you want to get the pin wrong in. But uh, the greatest thing that you can do for our podcast as well is smash that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And once you do that, tell your friends and family to tune in. Let others know about the greatness that is yeah. ready, set, poem. Even if the Titans are not their to- in their top ten, five favorite teams. But that's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> to me, that's awesome that, that here we are talking about a majority of content that someone may not be as, as keen on listening to, but they come back for the three of us. Okay, the yeah. two of us, and despite everything Sam does to scare them <laughs> Contagious D, I'm just messing with you, man. I'm just being a wad. Yeah. Um, if though you have it in you and you want to join our exclusive group of patrons, you can join us on patreon.com slash ready, set, pwn, uh, lots of different tiers to support us. It just helps keep the lights on, uh, pay for things that the podcast, uh, you know, has expenses for, including the Minecraft server. I mean, that's being brought to you by those, uh, patrons who've, who've looked to help out and you get these, you know, cool roles in our RSP discord. If you happen to support us on Patreon, uh, to showcase your level of support. And if it's just a one-time thing where you want to, you know, drop us a coffee, it's ko-fi.com slash RSP. And you can drop us a, a few bucks Canadian there or more. If you'd like, uh, for instance, you want us to buy diapers for Sam, this is getting <laughs> dark. Cause then if, We'd have to prove it, and that would be wrong. <laughs> Yo, at this point, I don't even need diapers. Let's end this, baby. <laughs> so, on behalf of Omni at Omnistray, Sam at another Sam Chan, and myself, Chris at Lightforce, I'm going to sign this episode off with those two words that you've been waiting to hear. Catchphrase! Wait, you're still here? Why haven't you run out to your local Circle K or Max convenience store yet to grab one of those exclusive Vancouver Titans Froster Cups? With six different cups available, and only while supplies last, I'd recommend you get on your way. Those cups are available in Western Canada. Hey, Circle K is a Canadian-owned company, by the way. And the nearest store could be found if you head to CircleK.com. 
Oh, and one last thing before you actually do head out the door. Why not share which cup you picked up by tagging us in social media? Hit us up at Ready, Set, Pwn, and let at Circle K West Can know that RSP sent you.